Good day, good day, and welcome back to another book reading of Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? How the Bible is Good News for People of Color by author Antipas Harris. And we are going to continue in chapter two of The Church and Threatening Contemporary Ideas. We're going to pick up on the subsection of spiritual wickedness and Christian witness. I think I'll get through two subsections today of a, Christ, a crisis of faith. In Ephesians 6, Paul speaks of spiritual warfare. The Holy Spirit empowers believers with a radical love for spiritual warfare against principalities and powers that have strongholds on human advancement. Poverty, racism, misogyny, and ex, ex no, oh goodness, xenophobia are only some of the principalities that are harmful to human progress. We will know the spiritual principalities are defeated when mountains and hills are made low the crooked straight and the rough places plain from Isaiah 40 verse 4 and Luke 3 verse 5. The metaphor of leveling hills refers to structural isms that will remain problematic so long as there is iniquity. The powerful must relinquish power to the less powerful so that everyone has an equal playing field. Straightening out crookedness and making plain rough places speak of correcting corrupt systems. There is a there was, excuse me, a time when speaking of lived reality in spirituality terms was an unwelcome conversation. Pentecostals were criticized for spiritualizing everything. Growing up Pentecostal, dissenters would accuse us of being so heavily minded and of no earthly good. Perhaps we need a bit more heavenly mindedness to address the crises of faith. Of course, by heavenly mindedness, I am not speaking of heaven in the sweet by and by. I'm speaking of the need for spiritual reflection on current social ills. Times have changed. Spirituality is much more of a welcomed conversation than it has been in the past. Next subsection, spiritual but not religious. Millennials are drawn to spirituality in rates unparalleled to previous generations, but they are not going to church. The common confession of faith is, I am spiritual but not religious. When I taught as an adjunct professor at Sacred Heart University, students often express their commitment to spirituality apart from organized religion. According to a survey from Pew Research Center, only 40% of millennials speak favorably about religion, while as many as 80% of them say they believe in God. The same report shows that millennials tend to be socially progressive. University of Virginia religious religion professor Matthew Hedstrom 
concludes that college students interconnect their desire for God in their pursuit of social justice. To be spiritual for them means to care about people in their oppressed state, advocate for the downtrodden and victims of systems that privilege some and disadvantages others, and help improve the environment. In an interview in UVA Today, Hedstrom says, young people want to be a part of something larger, a spiritual belief, perhaps, or a movement to improve the environment, or social justice. I don't see millennial college students today as shallow or selfish. I see a deep amount of understandable anxiety and a lot of care for the larger world and life's big questions. This spiritual but not religious claim is not only on college campuses but also in society at large. What an opportunity to engage this generation. The church was birthed by the power of the Holy Spirit and spiritual warfare is a gift from God. Biblical Christianity is more about spirituality than religion. Perhaps the cry for spirituality is more of an opportunity for the church to engage this generation than a point of departure. Next subsection. Flipping the script. Given the topsy-turvy history of racial problems and the Western Christian narrative, one can understand the mushrooming suspicion about Christianity. However, a close look at slave Christianity proves instructive. Through the quarters of a difficult history, slaves teach us that there is a deep connection between spirituality and everyday life with Jesus. Faith in Jesus is about love that heals a broken world. Inherent to the faith is a non-discriminatory fountain of eternal satisfaction which quenches that deep-seated hunger in every soul. At a time when people are more open to spirituality than in previous generations, the Christian faith is made more attractive when it is properly understood. Biblical faith and spirituality have historically connected people of diverse culture backgrounds to faith in Jesus. Robert Morris, the pastor of Gateway Church, a 30,000 member multi-ethnic church in South Lake, Lake, Texas, once preached a thought-provoking sermon titled, A Lack of Understanding. The sermon was about racism. He stated, I believe, obviously, all of us know that Jesus is the answer. But I believe the reason we still have a problem today is because of the church. I don't believe the church has taken the stand that it needs to take. Similar to my earlier point about the church and isms. Pastor Morris said that racism continues in the United States because the church has been apathetic to it, holding up in Osaka water bottle, he illustrated that people on both sides of the bottle 
see it from different perspectives. Those on the side of the bottle with the label can clearly read Ozarka lettering, but those on the opposite side can only see the bottle, not the label. Pastor Morris explained that the racial problems that continue to permeate the faith are not a matter of malice, but a result of the lack of understanding. Again, we have to listen to each other, particularly in those to those in pain. As Americans regain the art of dialogue, black, white, brown, and other Christians can work together to write a new narrative in ways that align more with the biblical faith than with colonialism. Colonial forms of Christianity have ideological links to Western colonization. They seek to enforce faith commitments through the legal system more than through the virtues of love, hospitality, and advocacy for common good. An important step in a new orientation to biblical Christianity involves confronting critical conflicts of engagement with scripture and Christian history. The richness of scripture supports a culturally integrated community of faith. As we rediscover the Bible and new ways to understand the faith, we will find that the children's song is true. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus is also sensitive to their stories of injustice. He calls us to a Christ-like love, compassion, and mercy. This Christian witness is much needed today. A quote, an insert, I should say, not a quote, living in out, talking, excuse me, taking this book's message to the streets as well as college classrooms alerts society that God cares about ordinary people. It affirms cultural identity in a society in which the, radical, the racial and ethnic identity of many has suffered attack. Black people are not mere guests of the white man's faith. Neither are they simply redeemed from the curse of blackness through Christ. Such profane ideology is a misinterpretation of scripture. Despite skewed historical claims, people of color have always had a powerful and prominent presence in both the Old and New Testaments. A reimaged biblical Christianity is a gift to those who struggle with faith, identity, and life as a whole. And that completes chapter two. Thank you for listening.